Trump leaves a surprising gift to the planet on his way out. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. President Joe Biden wasted no time in moving to undo actions of his predecessor that he said failed to protect public health and the environment. On his first day, Biden took steps to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord and revoked the permit for the controversial Keystone XL pipeline. Biden ordered a sweeping review of more than 100 rules and regulations on water, air, public lands, endangered species, and global warming that were rolled back by the previous administration. The new president withdrew areas in the Arctic and Bering Sea from oil and gas drilling and ordered a proper assessment of development proposals. He will require that all federal projects factor in their impacts on climate change. The Biden administration announced Thursday the suspension of new oil and gas leasing and drilling permits for U.S. lands and waters effective for 60 days. The administration will listen to science and hold polluters accountable, including those who disagree disproportionately harm low-income communities and people of color. In his first months, the president is expected to restore federal protections around at least two national monuments in Utah, Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante, which Trump had opened to mining, logging, and drilling. Biden is focused on restoring Obama-era environmental policies, and in some cases going further. For example, efficiency standards for appliances will be reinstated, and his administration will work with automakers to improve vehicle fuel economy. The New York Times reports it could take two to three years or even longer to put many of the new rules into place. A day before Trump left office, his administration made a surprising gift to renewable energy. They green-lighted a project that generates power from ocean waves. The Bureau of Ocean Energy Management announced that Oregon State University will operate PacWave South, the first-ever test site in the U.S. that will deploy marine hydrokinetic technology to harness energy from ocean waves, tides, and currents and convert it into electricity. The the site off the coast of Newport, Oregon, will include four mooring berths to capture wave energy both above and below the surface and transfer the power to the grid on shore. At maximum capacity, the project could generate enough power for 20,000 homes. According to the Energy Information Administration, waves off the coast of the U.S. could supply two-thirds of all the electricity the country produced in 2019. Tens of thousands of dams across the world are reaching the limit of their lifespans, according to a new study from the United Nations University. They warn that many will need maintenance and some will need to be decommissioned to avoid overtopping, leaks, and even failures. Many dams were designed to be in service for only 50 to 100 years, yet thousands are older. Also, the majority were built before the impacts from global warming, such as extreme weather and changing rainfall patterns, were known. Intense storms can cause upstream erosion and send large amounts of sand and silt into reservoirs, not only reducing their capacity to store water during droughts, but increasing the risk of flooding. The Guardian reports that dam failures risk the lives of people living downstream, but a more likely threat is the loss of electricity generation from hydropower, especially if the infrastructure is not maintained to cope with climate change. As of last year, more than 85 percent of large dams in the U.S. were operating at or beyond their life expectancy, and according to the report, the estimated cost of refurbishing them is about $64 billion.
Colombian drug trafficker Pablo Escobar, once the seventh richest person in the world, lived large off his cocaine empire, collecting luxury cars, planes, and even submarines. But his favorite thing to acquire was animals for his private zoo, including four hippos that he kept at his estate outside of Medellin. When he was shot dead in 1993, the Colombian government seized his property and most of the animals were either euthanized or sent to zoos. But four of the hippos escaped and have since become a herd of nearly 100, which is causing so much damage to the environment, scientists are calling them the largest invasive species in the world. A new study out this month says the hippo population could swell and unleash irreversible ecological damage through their urine, which is toxic to wildlife, and feces, which fuel algal blooms in the water used for drinking and agriculture. Also, as the animals wallow in waterways, they're altering bird and fish habitat. Hippos are also very aggressive, so to prevent an ecological catastrophe and protect the public, the researchers are urging officials to consider culling them. Easier said than done, previous efforts to reduce the herd have been met with firm resistance by locals who see the animals as unofficial mascots and sell hippo jewelry and t-shirts. Sterilizing the hippos has proven to be difficult and ineffective. So for now, the best strategy is to try to convince the public of the urgency of dealing with the invaders before it's too late. And this final note on the way out, there's some good news about marine ecosystems. Populations of harbor porpoises have dramatically rebounded in Northern California as a result of the state banning the use of gill nets in the 1990s. Porpoises are smaller and shyer than their cousins, the dolphins. And according to new research from NOAA, their return to the California coast is the first documented example of the species rebounding and suggests that eliminating nets can allow other marine mammals to recover too. Harbor porpoises were particularly vulnerable to nets along the California coast meant to catch white sea bass and halibut because they frequent the same shallow waters. Since the ban on gill nets, the porpoise populations have doubled from Morro Bay to the Sonoma coast, and the findings suggest that the nets had taken a greater toll on the marine mammals than was previously realized. That's it for this week in water. We'll catch you next time.